this this is great. What a time to be alive. Charlie, what's your reaction to seeing this? I feel like I'm here at a historical moment in time. Taylor, how did you figure out a guy had a python in his pants? Python. Blah 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 blah. Cooler. Yeah, baby. The Como Water Cooler with Charlie Harger and Taylor Van Size. Welcome to the Como Water Cooler. I'm Charlie. And I'm Taylor. All sorts of stories coming up today. We speak about rich guys and their spaceships. And we get to take a trip back in time to hear this little gem. Remember that one? I, I seem to remember 80 or 90 hours a week of that. <laughs> so, yeah. So Your we'll get to job. all of that. But first, the real news. As soon as we heard the pop, 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 we looked at each other and we were like, yep, gunshots. Three people were shot dead and a fourth person wounded Wednesday morning near Lacey. Thurston County Sheriff's Chief Dave Piercehall says detectives are still trying to sort out what happened. Deputies received a uh, 911 call from a male caller who said that uh, he had been shot and that his friends were dead. Uh, he said that he didn't know where he was. They used his cell phone locator to find the home and discovered the caller shot in the stomach outside the mobile home and two men and a woman shot dead in a trailer on the back of the property. Now, neighbors say they heard gunshots last night around 845. They think that's when it happened. Interestingly here, Taylor, a half pound of meth and two rifles found inside that trailer. Two former Air Force psychologists in Spokane who helped design the CIA's enhanced interrogation techniques for terrorism suspects admit using water waterboarding and other harsh tactics, but in documents filed in federal court, deny allegations of torture and war crimes. ACLU sued James Mitchell and John Jessen last October on behalf of three former CIA prisoners, including one who died. In response, the pair's attorney filed documents this week. They're asking a federal judge in Spokane to throw out the lawsuit and award them court costs. Union Pacific says it will resume transporting crude oil through the Columbia River Gorge starting this week. After that derailment, June 3rd in Mosier, Oregon, four trains caught fire, 42,000 gallons of crude leaked near the town. Union Pacific says federal rules trumped the call by state and local officials for a moratorium on oil trains traveling through the state. The railroad is not saying exactly when the trains will resume transport. Three police officers who shot and killed a man in Pasco last year aren't going to face any federal charges. U.S. Attorney says there wasn't enough evidence to show officers violated the civil rights of Antonio Zambrano Montes when they fired 17 bullets at him. And an autopsy shows he had meth in his system, and he also had a history of mental illness. His family says they're deeply disappointed. A civil lawsuit scheduled for next year. The long-anticipated deal between Boeing and Iran appears to be on track. Como's Pete Combs reports the company has signed a deal with the Iranian National Airline. Boeing now confirms it signed what amounts to a letter of intent with the Islamic Republic's national carrier, Iran Air, in the biggest deal between the two nations since the hostage crisis in 1979. At this point, we're not sure what the price tag will be, but there's been a lot of chatter from Tehran that says this deal is for up to 100 airplanes and could be worth about $25 billion. Boeing says this deal is the backing of the U.S. government, but that doesn't mean the long-standing friction between Washington and Tehran has eased much. Iranian government officials say if all goes well, the first new Boeing planes could start arriving as early as October of this year. All right, Taylor, so those were the stories that were the important ones. Yeah, those are what we actually covered. But here's what we should have covered. Not sure if you notice this. Hmm. It's an election year, Taylor. Is that is that what we've been doing so much of around here? It is an election year. We have on the national side, we have 
Trump, we have Clinton. A serious election going on around here. A lot of issues have to be decided, some serious topics. Funding for K-12 through education, transportation. Discord in Olympia, proper funding for Medicaid, Medicare. All important questions, of course, but there's one that really fired us up. Hot dogs. That's right. Hot dogs. Tube meat, you could call them. A Twitter user named Adam Bartz asked Democratic Governor Jay Inslee if a hot dog is a sandwich. Well... Is it? Governor, with a forceful response. You're damn right it is. Hot dogs are sandwiches. This is an issue that demands a response, so we talked to Governor Inslee's challenger, Bill Bryant. Uh, It's meat between bread, so I think it's a sandwich. And there you have it in this age of political polarization. Finally, something Democrats and Republicans can agree on. Even though they're kind of wrong. I mean, really, both say hot dogs are sandwiches. I don't believe they are. And it brings in a really, really hairy question. What do you do about a corn dog? Mm. Okay. Right? Okay. Because, it, it again, it's the tubular meat. Mm-hmm. On a stick, on a, however. It's a stick that time, but right, it's still but wrapped cut, around a cornbread. They're still breading, yeah. All right, all right. Well, by the way, mm. we did ask Bryant uh-huh. whether you should have ketchup on a hot dog. I, before you answer. Oh, yeah. Bryant says you should have ketchup on a hot dog. What's wrong with that? Are you kidding me? You don't do ketchup on your oh, hot dog? Oh, my. What are you for? Oh, well. Come on. It, 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 it's, uh, if anything, is. you, you want a little mustard, okay. maybe some onions. Never, ever ketchup on a hot dog. I got something to tell you, Charlie. You will never find onions on my hot dog. I am allergic to those stupid little rings of pain and terror. They, uh, if, if I rule the world, onions will uh, go the way of polio. You're damn right it is. A teenager in rural Oklahoma made a startling discovery. His barking dog alerted him to an enormous python in his front yard. In his front yard. His front yard. The guy's 15, J.C. Lara, says he thought he was dreaming when he saw the 14-foot python hissing at his dog outside their home last week in cement about... Uh, cement. Cement, excuse me. This is this Oklahoma. Is Oklahoma. <laughs> about 60 miles southwest of Oklahoma City. The teen woke his father, who says he grabbed a shovel because he thought it was a small snake. Hey, Daddy! Daddy! Go get a shovel! We got ourselves a snake! That little thing, he's only, what, 14 feet? Let me get the, uh, let me get the trowel. (laughs) No, actually, they brought out a shotgun. Did they really? Brought out a shotgun. They killed that snake dead. They killed it, (laughs) killed it dead in Oklahoma. (laughs) Hey, listen, there's this thing going on in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. This may be, for me at least, uh, uh, one of the bigger crises of the year. Oh. Missing beer. No way. Lots of missing In Atlanta? Beer. Atlanta. They, they have breweries there, evidently. Yeah, the Coca-Cola brewery. Yeah, well, this is uh, of the good stuff. Oh, I the, see. The, yes. This is uh, hard alcohol. Yeah, the barley pop. And 3,300 cases stolen off two semi-loads. Now, okay, I know what you're thinking, Tay-Tay. Mm-hmm. You're thinking right now, 33, is that, no, Charlie, surely must have meant 3,300 beers. Bottles of beer. No. I'm saying 78,500 bottles of Sweetwater Summer Variety Pack. So it's one brand. It's not like it was even a (laughs) truck that was going to a couple liquor stores with all kinds of different things that no one could track. It's one brand. Well, I know, Charlie, you love your brew. We love our dogs. But you can't love both in the Tacoma, Washington area, at least not in bars. Apparently it's against health code or something lame. Those four-legged buddies, when they visit a bar or brew, 
brewery, well, a lot of times, you know, the the proprietors of the store they allow it, but the News Tribune reports there's a regulation that applies to locations where beer is served in reusable glassware, even on the patio where dogs aren't allowed. There are exceptions, though, Charlie. If you want to take wiener dogs, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got two big wiener dogs. Two big wiener dogs that you like to to hang around with on, with on the weekends. Well, those dogs still welcome in bars as long as they use a plastic cup or if they don't serve food. Listen, we, we, we talk about dogs. That's important to us. Mm. Beer is important to us. Also important to me, I don't mm. know about you, but Blake Lively. Blake, uh... Oh, the actress. The actress. Okay. Now, I know nothing uh, about Blake Lively, except I, I saw this commercial the other night, and it was basically 30 seconds of Blake Lively in a bikini mm-hmm. and in trouble. What were they trying to sell? I, apparently, it's a movie coming out. It's called The Shallows. Okay. And she plays a surfer who ends up in a fight for her life. She finds herself in the feeding grounds of a of a great white shark. She, she swims up onto a whale carcass, uh, which is the shark's dinner, and it's obviously threatening to the shark, so he attacks her. Now, Charlie, this, this idea has never been done before. This is totally original. Someone getting in trouble in shark-infested waters? Who On a fuck? surfboard? No, a bikini girl. That's, that's she, right. Basically, here, here's my thinking. Uh-huh. They know they're selling this movie as a thriller, but really... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. This is an hour and a half of watching Blake Lively in a bikini. Right. Screaming and yelling and flailing yeah. about. Yeah. You're going to see it. Absolutely. I'm going to see me? Yeah. Independence Day, they have a new movie coming out. Mm-hmm. 20 years after the original Independence Day movie. Is that movie. how long it's been? It's been 20 years. Wow. 1996. I went and saw it opening night. Uh-huh. They got a new Independence Day movie coming out. In retrospect, it was a terrible movie. No. Oh, it was the worst. I remember it being really good. Me too. But then, watch it again. Okay. It's not good. I remember at least the the, the worst part to me was yeah. when the scientist was being uh, choked by the alien right. tentacles, and he was now the, the voice of the alien. That was a little cheesy for me. One of the cheesiest scenes for me, even then I knew this, this is a little weird. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, who uh-huh. is also, I think, maybe the same scientist, maybe it was Brent Spiner who is the scientist. I digress. But he takes his Mac circa 1996, and he's able to plug it in. Remember, he plugs it into the (laughs) alien spaceship and inserts some sort of virus. Right. Like, the technologies are compatible. It's a terrible movie, but I'm totally going to see the new one. Isn't, doesn't the U and USB stand for universal? Oh. See? Stand corrected. From fake space to real space. Good space, you could call it. Good space guy, if you will. We're guys that like good space. A pair of billionaires with local ties continue their adventures into the final frontier with separate projects reaching toward space. Como's Corwin Hake brings us up to date on both. Amazon.com chief Jeff Bezos is investing his riches into Blue Origin, a program he hopes will one day transport tourists into space. Blue Origin live streamed yesterday's launch of its latest Blue Shepherd rocket. Beautiful launch of our new Shepherd rocket here from West Texas. 
5,000 feet. The climb. reusable rocket landed safely later in the day. Blue Origin plans within two years to begin sending civilians 100 kilometers high on a suborbital trip. Meanwhile, billionaire Paul Allen's Vulcan Aerospace is taking a different path into space. The company is busy in Mojave, California, building an airplane with the largest wingspan in history. 385 feet wingspan. If you were to put the center line of the airplane on the 50-yard line of a football field, the wingtips are going to hang over the goalpost roughly 15 feet on each side. Kevin Mickey with the project tells KGET TV the double fuselage straddle launch is designed to launch a rocket from 35,000 feet. The idea is to eliminate the massive boosters that make the big rockets from Earth so expensive and make reaching space more routine. First test flights sometime late next year. Corwin Hake, Como News. Would you ever go into space? Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, without question. Because, I mean, even if it does go wrong and you end up being stranded up there, I mean, come on. Stuck in a vacuum? Sure. Unable at least, to breathe? At least memorable. No, I, no, actually, it wouldn't be memorable because yeah, you, you would be no more. Well, yeah, but everyone back on Earth would know and they'd play Major Tom at my funeral. Things would be okay. Right, but but you wouldn't. It's space, Charlie. The final frontier. Of course I would go. Speaking of Trekkies, uh-huh. I, this really has nothing to do with Trek. Brian Calvert uh-huh. spoke to this local kid. Gets all these college admissions. Yeah, got Could into go all anywhere. the schools that yeah. you and I couldn't. Right, absolutely. I mean, it's not like he's going to Wazoo or something like God, that. No, no. I'm, we're talking real colleges. Hey, I went to Wazoo. Oh. Took me a second. This kid... Well, we'll have Brian explain what he decided to do. The typical 18-year-old, maybe, maybe not. Watch basketball, play basketball, play video games. I mean, normal teenage stuff. (laughs) Zach Brown also plays football. He was a standout at Cleveland High School. Corner, safety, running back, receiver, kicker, (laughs) everything, really. Has football always been a big part of what you do? Oh, yeah. Um, Ever since I was a little kid, me and my dad would always go up to the park. There's one up the street, and we did toss it up. Zach graduates this week and has already been thinking about playing ball in college, and there's plenty of interest. Yale and Columbia and then Claremont, McKenna, California, University of San Diego. We're offering me a lot of money. Hey, let's go visit. And he was like, nope. (laughs) And, I mean, I'll be honest, when he said no to Claremont, I cried. (laughs) Zach's mom, Loria, a UW grad, is laughing now and is very supportive. Zach has turned down everything because he, too, wants to be a Husky. I feel like what you do with your education is like just as important as where you get it from. And so I feel like being here in Seattle and being with the people that I've gotten to know and really helping my community, uh, that is really the deciding factor. You're the one who has to live it. And so... You need to make this decision, and we'll support you. We'll back you down the line. Of course, he wants to learn at the UW, but he also wants to play football there. So, Zach, have you secured a spot on the team yet? No, I have not. Do you feel confident you will get a spot on the team? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have a lot of confidence in myself and a lot of confidence in my ability. Already in his favor, he's managed to get some attention from Coach Chris Peterson. Coach, like I said, he wants me for safety. So I'm pretty pretty happy, pretty excited about that. But it's no done deal. It's a Husky-sized risk turning down scholarships elsewhere to play here. So he'll train and practice, and in the spring, Zach Brown will try out with the rest of the Husky hopefuls. I don't know, just something about that purple and the gold. It's... It's a pretty enticing. What's that like to hear, Mom? Oh, I love it. Love it. Go dogs. <laughs> Brian Calvert, Como News. 
Fourth of July could include fewer explosions in Snohomish County this year. Jeff Beaujolais explains. The county council is considering an ordinance that would give the fire marshal the power to ban fireworks during emergency conditions. What constitutes an emergency, you ask? Well, hot dry weather patterns or drought conditions like what the region experienced last year. The council is also considering a number of other restrictions, according to the Everett Herald. Among those, fireworks restricted zones and limiting their sale to certain areas. You're, you're out there in what, Covington? Covington, yeah. And what what's the rule in Covington? Covington follows uh, unincorporated King County rules. Even okay. though we are incorporated, they follow the rules of, yes, you can have fireworks, you can use them uh, on the 4th of July and New Year's Eve. Okay, okay. They have to be legal fireworks, but you can still use them. Now, uh, I, I also am a homeowner for the first time. Changed last, it a little bit, didn't it? Last Fourth of July was yeah. the first time I've been a homeowner in, you know, a firework kind right. of area. Right, it, dry. I got to tell you, woody. I I went from being the guy that loved to take a trip to the reservation to see what might blow my hand off this year, to thinking, okay, this is like the worst drought we've ever had, ever. There, fire should not be mixing with air and oxygen, right? It's just... I don't know what happened to me. It's a big mess. It, the same thing happened to me where I, I think it was probably when I had kids mm-hmm. especially, but all my neighbors around me when I lived in Kent, I mean, it really sounded terrible. Yeah. It was a war zone. I grew up in Issaquah, yeah. uh, well, an area near Issaquah that wasn't in the city limits, yeah. so you could do anything there too. But looking back, my parents were right to be <laughs> afraid. Yeah. There are trees everywhere yeah. overhanging the houses with the shake roofs. And, okay, a couple things. First of all, if you're setting off like M80s, uh-huh. On June 1st, which my neighbors <laughs> started doing when I lived in Kent. Well, you got to get uh, practice in. You don't want to blow your hand off on the 4th of July <laughs> like a rookie. Right, because, you know, you've been drinking a little sure. and you're, you're out of practice. So, first of all, that, it, it's out of the bounds of human decency. Is what I'm saying. on June 1st. M80 on June 1st. 4th of July... Then July 5th, and hey, every time the Seahawks score a touchdown and right. a field goal, and hey, is kickoff. And we have some leftover for New Year's yeah. Eve, but it's almost Christmas, so let's do it for that. Everything changes. Charlie, a, a big question for you. Yes. You're a man of of um, veteran status around the newsroom. I've been here a couple of years. Yes. You came of age at a time when video games were... It was, it was, that was a big deal. It was a big deal. You know well how to uh, blow on on an NES cartridge, right. get the dust out there, put it in the, the entertainment system, and, and play a little Mario Brothers. Let me... Can I go deep for a minute here? Okay. Let, this is a podcast. Sure. We can go a little deep. Yeah. Let's harken back to, I want to say, 1987, 1986, young Charlie... Uh, fifth, sixth grade, I was a loyal listener to King News Talk 1090. <laughs> yeah. King 1090 in Seattle. It's no more. But, man, I love listening to Talk Radio. One day, I was staying home sick, and the midday show on King 1090 had Howard Lincoln, now the former president of the Mariners. At the time, Howard Lincoln was heading up Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They had him on as a guest on the midday show on King 1090. <laughs> And so I take it upon myself to call him and ask him about the progress, I want to say, of Super Mario 2 or 3. And Howard Lincoln gave me a very detailed response on this midday talk show. Really? Did you ever get tape of it? 
<laughs> no, no. I uh, one of our coworkers worked there at the time. Mm-hmm. He didn't have tape. Why wouldn't he save tape of me? Well, you got to know the name Charlie Harger when it comes up. Uh, funny you mention uh, the old NES system. My uh, older siblings, Lisa yes. and Christopher, they uh, were given as a gift the, that old system when they found out that I was going to be born. So I come around. Parents know this kid already is going to be a problem child. We just got to buy the older kids a nice little right. system here. Distract them for a while while we try and get this kid in line. Did your parents originally want to name you Luigi? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a Norwegian name. Okay. Well, Fair anyway, enough. these days there's a much different playing field between uh, you know the, the gaming consoles. And I, uh, I got to think, Microsoft really missed a chance to capitalize on some video game sales this year at E3. <laughs> The console wars have been going on for decades now, although we're pretty far removed from the ColecoVision versus Atari days. The major players now are the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Wii U, from the likes of Microsoft and Nintendo in our neck of the woods, and Sony. As companies continue to upgrade those consoles, Microsoft announced a new product called the Xbox One S. We are pleased to welcome the new Xbox One S console, the smallest Xbox One yet to the Xbox One family of devices starting this August. Basically a souped-up version of what's already on the market. Pretty typical timing announced during the E3 Expo this week, like in previous years. Hype expected to build during the summer, and then special deals come out for the holidays, but maybe not this time because Microsoft also announced a new console that'll be out next year, potentially destroying any demand for the Xbox One S. Haley Tsukayama is a tech reporter with the Washington Post. And Haley, you'd think this kind of would, uh, I guess, amount to cutting yourself off at the knees. In speaking with Microsoft people here, I asked them essentially the same thing. I was trying to be nice about it, but, you know, why would you cut yourself off like this? And they said it's sort of part of a new strategy they're they're working on where they're um, just trying to diversify the number of consoles they have out. So the the one that's coming in, the, in 2017 is sort of a really high-end console. This Xbox One S is... It's a cheaper, slightly cheaper, slightly lighter weight kind of model. And that high-end model coming out next year is known as Project Scorpio. It's going to include virtual reality gaming. On the other end of the spectrum, almost no information divulged over the past year about Nintendo's latest project, the NX. They have really, especially at this show, taken a, a backseat in terms of hardware. You know, they aren't really announcing anything. In fact, really are only featuring one game here. And as for Sony, they've sold more units worldwide of their PlayStation 4 compared to Xbox One and the Nintendo Wii U. This year at E3, they're releasing more games to consumers, many of those games made here in the Northwest. And Sony will enter virtual reality next year as well. The real challenger to these consoles, though, computer gaming, where the user can upgrade bits and pieces of their system without spending too much cash, although many of those computers do run on a Microsoft operating system. For more on Microsoft's latest release at the E3 Gaming Expo, you can go to WashingtonPost.com and check out the article by Haley Tsukayama. Finally, a story involving a naughty preschooler, Uh a mad mommy, Mm. some dedicated city workers who went above and beyond the call of duty by sifting through sewage. If you've ever had a four-year-old, you know they're cute, they're curious about the world around them, and most importantly, they can never, ever be trusted around your valuables. Meet Bothell mom Anna Cornish. A couple weeks back, she took off her big honking diamond ring. And that's when the apple of her eye, her in every way perfect but this one four-year-old, became enamored with the shiny object. Could the ring float? 
Only one way to find out. Sadly, we learned an important lesson here. Rings can't float, and poor Anna was beside herself. Husband Ryan called the plumber to plunder the pipes, hoping beyond hope they'd be able to squish out that solitaire. Alas, 800 bucks later, the search was fruitless. The ring was not to be found, lost among the sewage into the gaping maw of eternity. But then... Workers for the city just happened by the Cornish crib. They were working on the sewer system. Here we are, two weeks after the what shall be known as the toilet incident. City employees Jose Cervantes, Ethan Merritt, and Mike Varnier are outside the Cornish home. Husband Ryan must talk a good game. He told the guys what happened, his naughty kid, his distressed wife, the hundreds he spent searching for this darn ring and all that stuff. Could you guys help? City press release says the answer was yes. Cervantes, Merritt, and Varnier whipped out their fiber-optic camera. Out comes the vacuum. Then, well, as much of the Cornish business that could be collected from under and nearby their house in the sewer system was sucked up into a big tank. The guys brought it to a city facility and began sifting. Something you or I might not do for our closest family member, these employees spent about 45 minutes looking for a needle in a haystack. If that needle were Anna's ring and the haystack were raw sewage. And then, it happened. They found it. The guys cleaned up the ring, and that's a lot of cleaning, and on Thursday, brought it back to the Cornish family as good as new. Anna wrote the city thanking them and praising the guys for going above and beyond for being number one with the number two. She writes, there were tears and hugs when she realized what was lost was found. The discovery, this recovery, comes just at the right time. Anna writes, you and your crew are proof that amidst the darkness of this week, our world is still full of kind and good people who genuinely care for others. I'm proud to be a resident in the city of Bothell, knowing our city employees prioritize the well-being of the community first and foremost in their jobs. Charlie Harger, Como News. Do you think you're your lady friend? Yeah, should she ever have a, a, a ring of mm. that sort? Do you think she'd want that ring back? You know... That's a tough question. I gotta think yes, because you could you could put it in one one of those medical grade autoclaves, you mm-hmm, know, really mm-hmm. sterilize it. Nothing would survive. But I think it's just the thought. There's the Seinfeld episode of the toothbrush falling in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing. All right, maybe Junior Mints. I'm uh, yeah. No, <laughs> we're not putting Junior Mints in the toilet. You can't mix Seinfeld episodes like that, Charlie. Darn it. I said, darn it. We're not even going out over the airwaves. <laughs> and I just said, darn it. Yeah, because you know our boss is going to listen oh, to this. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. All right, that's uh, another water cooler. We made it through another one here on ComoNews.com, mm-hmm. Taylor. The Como News app, the Como News frequencies, be it AM or FM. You can find us on AM 1000, FM 97.7. Como News is a 24-7 operation. There's always some poor schmuck that's there at uh, 2 a.m. on a Sunday, something like that. I mean, everybody's around at some point. So we're here to deliver the news that you need when you need it here on Como. Uh, this, however, the podcast, we're not really sure if you need it. This is this is much less important. Oh, no, I'd say this is critical. This is the really? lifeblood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, I'm totally off base. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can do it on iTunes. Uh, you can find uh, every episode on our website, comonews.com. And, of course, you can listen to all of our programming online as well, comonews.com. Uh, also through our web app available 
on Android and iPhone. Ooh, you got them both in your hands there. Aren't you the Seattleite? <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. We will catch you again next time. Tim took a shower. The skeleton ran out of shampoo in the shower. The arsonist was denied a bank loan. Unique New York. Unique New York. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Comonews.com. <laughs>